it's a really hard situation to be in when you're being released and then um, like you're literally just let out on the street. I think it's, Aurora has a, has a benefit that other detention centers don't and it's just they have a community and like it's out on the street and you know there's businesses but there's other detention centers who are just like in the middle of nowhere and that's like very much done on purpose um, but it still doesn't you know alleviate the burden of having to just be released on the street and not even knowing where you are um, like not having a coat in the winter those kinds of things. This is Here Aya Presente, a podcast about immigration in Colorado. I'm Carlos Jimenez, and this episode is about Casa de Paz, a nonprofit that helps folks recently released from the ICE detention facility in Aurora, Colorado. You just heard from Andrea Loya, who started as a volunteer nine years ago and is now the executive director of Casa. Here's a little bit more about them. Casa started in 2012. And so this year in April, um, Gasa turned 10 years old. Um, and so it's been, a, it's been quite the journey, but it became a nonprofit officially in 2015. But in 2012, it, became, it started as in a one-bedroom apartment, and it was right across the detention center at Cabrigo Apartments, actually. And then from there on, it pretty much has now had a couple of different locations for right now about five minutes from the detention center. And it's now still serving the same population. So we are currently um, helping the folks who are being released from Aurora, um, right off of 31st and Peoria. And we're basically a soft landing spot for them where they can come in and have really a place to settle after they've been released so that they can figure out kind of where they're going to next. Most detainees find out about CASA through the detention center itself. There's a few agencies located within it that give information about CASA. There's also pamphlets in the lobby that give a number for folks to call. The Rocky Mountain Immigrant Advocacy Network provides a briefing to detainees, and in that briefing, they talk about CASA. Even the Conoco gas station located near the detention center helps out. Like if folks end up at the Conoco off of Peoria, right next to the detention center area, next to the light rail, um, the guy at Conoco gives us a call and he's like, hey, there's guys waiting here, like come in, um, come and pick them up. So it's pretty good, well known now, like within the community that people are like reaching out and making sure that, you know, we, we get folks covered. A few years back, just even like three or four years back, um, you would go to CASA and folks would be getting picked up at like six o'clock at the detention center. And I believe one time I remember we had like 14 people and that was like, oh my God, we have so many people. This is so crazy. Like we had never had that many people before because when you got one, two, sometimes none, um, you were like, okay, like 14 people is an insane amount. And now actually over the last summer with the mass releases, there was like 75 plus people being released at a time per day. Um, so we were making sure that we took care of those folks and now we actually see anywhere from 20 or 10 to 15 um, up to like 50 folks per day and so um, the numbers is just that's a pretty crazy increase and so now when we see only three four five people being released we're like okay where where the rest of the um where are the rest of the folks being released like what happened today um so it's just a really crazy shift so we have the capacity to um, provide assistance for those released, depending on however many ICE is going to release that day. So we have 
experience, you know, really high numbers, really low numbers. So we're just kind of, we're really uh, big on adaptability. Casa is on the front lines seeing what changes to the immigration policy at the federal level mean on the ground and in the streets of Colorado. COVID was one of those moments where they had to adjust to an increased level of releases. Here's Andrea talking about the need for sustainable immigration policy and resources to support it. Really having a sustainable kind of immigration policy where, you know, the government's not like, okay, well, we gave you like no separation. So now we gave you homelessness. Um, Like that's not a solution. So like resources, funding, like, what are we going to do that can sustain the populations that we're bringing and how can we really like give opportunities of you know education and resources and healthcare, like those kinds of things because i think for like for a lot of the like a lot of the conversations that we're having in the immigration community is like we're swamped we are busy we are there's no resources like they're putting caps on different things. Like um, I was just talking about like the card of the thing asylum network for having to address their policies because they can't they can't host every person that's on an asylum in Denver. Um, there's other organizations who are you know who are putting caps on how many people they can help so they can't house anymore because they just don't have the room. Um, that, uh, you know, we have a program that we used to partner with, Miles for Migrants. They're having to put a daily cap on how many flights they're able to purchase because the needs are just so high. And so I think really like looking at this funding, because at the end of the day, like, you know, we, our government is stating these problems and then they're not giving solutions and they're expecting like local nonprofits to figure it out and deal with it. And I think a lot of us are really happy to kind of adapt and figure out how to deal with it, but it's just not sustainable and we can't help everybody. And it's just really unfair. And given this current landscape, what's the outlook for CASA? And in this bit of tape, just so you know, you're going to hear a little bit of Andrea's little one in the background and you can't blame them for wanting to get a word in. I just really hope that in 10 years, like we don't need to exist. Uh, It's just hopeful thinking because that would mean that, you know, we don't have detention centers and people aren't being put in cages and then just randomly dropped off somewhere where they've never been at and then just expected to to know things. Um, but that's just social thinking, I think some days, some days more than others for sure. Um, but I really do think, so for the next five, 10 years, the hope would be that um, that's what becomes kind of we we're adapt- we usually adapt. Um, so right now we've adapted to really, you know, um, more people being released. So I think we want to adapt in the way that the community is growing, whatever that means, whether we partner with somebody else or try to figure it to do it on our own. Right now we have like a home that we have people that are able to go to, but we are having a huge increase in like um, families who are settling and there's just not enough resources. So with no more separation at the border, which is awesome, um, it just means that folks are now being like, okay, well, you're coming to the country and then there's no resources for you and you can't work and you can't sustain your family that we just released you with. So good luck. Um, And that's just really unfortunate. 
because you are setting up a population to be homeless and to fail. So I think whether that means that, you know, we partner with other folks and provide that safe landing, um, you know, like, uh, like the Colorado network, uh, the Colorado hosting asylum network, like they do, um, or whether we become that for the folks who are being released, you know, that would be the plan. I think it is adapting to whatever the need in the community is because for so long we have been um, the soft landing spot for folks who are being released that I think now we've also kind of have a new need. And so continuing to fulfill the needs of the community and what, whatever that means for, the, for, for us. With no more family separations at the border, which is great, unfortunately the system hasn't really adapted to this change. But adaptation is all that CASA can really do, and to do it well, they rely on volunteers. From those who are on the welcome team, drivers, those doing visitations, which is a program that stopped during the pandemic but is about to relaunch. There's also Carta de Paz, which helps write to folks in detention, not just in Colorado, but all across the U.S. And there's the wonderful volleyball team whose proceeds go to CASA. If you're interested in any of this, please reach out to Casa de Paz. This episode was produced by myself, Carlos Jimenez, Gray Newman, Lucy Richardson, and Lisette Zamora Galarza. This podcast was made possible by the generous support of the Center for Immigration Policy and Research here at the University of Denver and the Center for Innovation in the Liberal and Creative Arts also here at DU. Music from Sky Forager's The Caravan and Tiled Chambers' Kajuba. Thank you so much for listening. This was Here, Aya, Presente.